Today's daf is Ksubis daf Memtes, and we are at the Mishnah in the middle of daf Memtes on the Rav. Today's daf is being learned. Le'ilui nishmas Chayim Malazar ben Yibadol Chayim Reb Shimshon And today's daf is also being learned in honor of the wedding of Elchanan and Esti Kreuzer. May they be zoicha to build a bias Nevon B'Yisrael. So we're moving along in Perek, Naira Shenispatita. And the topic of today's daf is going to be somewhat behemshach to the previous dafin, and it is going to discuss a father's obligation to support his children. Now, we're talking about children that are ktanim and ktanois, that are living in the father's house. And believe it or not, there's a major discussion amongst the tanoim, a little bit of history, as it relates to whether a father has a chiyuv, an obligation to support his children. Pretty straightforward. A father is not obligated to provide mezoinois to his daughter. Says the Mishnah, The following drosha was... One, that Rabbi Loza ben Azariah darshaned in the presence of the Chachamim in Yavna. What was the drasha? He said as follows. It says in the Ksuba, Habonim Yershu, that the sons are going to Yarshin, Vabonois Yizoinu, and the daughters are going to be supported. Rabbi Loza ben Azariah made a drasha, and he said, just like the sons don't Yarshin, it's only after the father dies that the sons get any Yerusha. So to the daughters, the daughters as well, although the father has an obligation to support, but it's only after he dies. His estate has an obligation to support. But while the father's alive, somewhat counterintuitively, the father actually has no obligation to support his daughters. So the Mishnah begins with the halacha of who is the author of this halacha? The Mishnah says, Zem Medrish Doresh Rabbi Lozben Azariah. This was the halacha of Rabbi Lozben Azariah. How did he know that? He darshaned. What did he darshan? He darshaned the ksuba. He said that it says in the ksuba, Habonim Yirshu, Habonis Yizoinu. And he made a heckish between Habonim Yirshu and Habonis Yizoinu, just like Habonim Yirshu obviously is Lacham Mises Avim. So too, Habonis Yizoinu is also Lacham Mises Avim. So just a few things to understand, Pashab Shan of the Mishnah. Habonim Yirshu, Habonis Yizoinu. What exactly is this referring to? So this is a, a very abbreviated version of what it says in the ksuba. The longer version is as follows. And then it says, It's a little bit of Kriya's Ksuba, but there's two lines in the Ksuba that are juxtaposed with each other. One talks about the sons Yarshining. Inun Yirsun, and the other talks about Habonis Yizonu. Benon Nukfin, the Yehevion Lichimina, Yehevon Yosven, the Basi, Umitaznon Minichsai. They're put next to each other. So Rabbi Lozman Azari made a drasha from the Ksuba, and he said that just like the Bonim Yirshu, that part of the Ksuba is talking about Lachamis Saviyan, so too Habonis Yizonu is also referring to Lachamis Saviyan. Now, that halacha of Habonim Yirshu is talking about 
the halacha of ksubas benin dichrin. Benin dichrin, the Yehevi lichi minai, inun yirsu ksav ksubasayach. Now, we don't really have to go into this halacha, but just to understand, Pashab Shana, what it even means, we know that a woman that brings a ksuba, she brings an adunya into her marriage, when she dies, her husband yarshins the adunya. There's an interesting halacha. What happens after the husband then dies? His sons would yarshin. Parakesh Noichlin, Parchin the Torah. It shouldn't be complicated. Stating that the Chachamim said a Chiddush. They said that any Nechassim that this man leaves over, that he had inherited from his wife, should go to the sons that he had from that wife. So that the Yerusha is not going to be divided equally amongst his sons, but rather disproportionately. And what we're going to take into consideration is that in the event that this asset was something that he yarshined from the mother of those sons, it's those sons that are going to yarshin that asset. It's what's known as ksubas din a term that we'll be a lot more familiar with by the time we say hadron Allah mesachtis ksubas. As it relates to Abbanus Yizaynu, that the Ksuba is very straightforward about. It says that when a man dies, his daughters need to be supported from the estate. Regardless, Rabbi Allah Sanazari made this hack. She said, just like Ksuba's Blindichrin is something that goes into effect only Lacha Misas Avim, so too, Abundance Yizoinu is something that's only going to be in effect at that point as well. It's interesting that the lotion of the Mishnah is Zem Medrish Dorash Rabbi Allah Ben Azari Lefnei Chachamim. It was a Jrasha. Usually, when you think of a Jrasha, you think of a Pasuk. We Darshan Psukim. Tairash Abiksav is. One that could be learned, pshat, remes, soid, and drush. You could darsh him sukim. With darshin in ksuba, the truth is, there's a machloikis in shas, whether we could darshin ksuba or we can't darshin ksuba. And this is another theme that we'll be more familiar with as we get into the latter part of the Masechta, and that is, you see the Tanam used to darshin the ksuba, as if the words of the ksuba were so precise on the level that you can darshan it. And Rabbi Laz ben Azari is almost making a hekish and a ksuba. He's being makish, ksuba spinin and the chiyuv for the bonus to be supported from the estate. Another thing worth mentioning in the Mishnah, Rashi speaks it out, and that is, there's a historical context to when this drasha took place. Zem medrish doresh Rabbi Laz ben Azari lefnei chachamim bekerem biyavna. And the clue is bekerem biyavna. And Rashi says in one line that this took place biyoyim shemi nuhu nasi. That this Jerusha of Rabbi Laza ben Azariah was stated on the day that Rabbi Laza ben Azariah became Nasi. When did he become Nasi? We know the history, and that was a very, very important day. The Gemara says that wherever it says, it means that day. Idias was taught on that day. That was the day that the Shomer Pesach of the Beis Medrash was removed, Nisrabu Hasaf Solon. That was the day that Rabbi Ruven Margolius, almost Baruch Kodshoi, said that the Baskol came down and was Machriya, that the Allah is like Basil. Regardless, it was on that day that this Drosha was said. Now, why was it important for Ghazal to tell us that you want to know what day this Drosha was said, that of Enoi Chayyad and the Zainas Bitoi? It took place by Karen Biyavna, Biyoim Sheminu, Rabbi Lozben Azari Lenasi. So that's something that's worth exploring a little bit more. But as we're going to see in the course of the daf, that in the Pashup Shad and the Gemara, you already see that there's a historical background to this halacha, so that part one of this halacha was said here in Karen Biyavna. We're going to see there was a part two that was said in Usha, which is going to bring to some very welcomed, I believe, digression here in Mesechtis Ksuvis that's going to talk about Takanas Usha, some are really famous, that tie into some really, really gishmakarate. Either way, so Rabbi Loz ben said a halacha. Ha'ov e'noi chayiv Now the Gemara is going to begin with two diyukim in the... Lashon 
of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Let's speak out the two to Yukim out loud. Number one, it sounds like he's not chayev, but a mitzvah he does have. So, in the world of chayev and rishos, we often find that there are three categories. There's chayev, which means you have an obligation to do it. If you don't, we may beat you up. This mitzvah, which means you're not mechuyiv to do it, but it's definitely a good thing. And if you do it, tavayolecha bracha. Then this rishus, it's completely arbitrary. You want to do it, do it. You don't want to do it, don't do it. Whatever. It's not something we have any interest. We don't care. You could do whatever you want. The lashon of erv enei chayev b'mezoyne zbita sounds like there's no chayev, but there is a mitzvah. That's the first day. The other day is the mishnah doesn't say anything about benoy. What about? A person's son, does he have a chiv or does he not have a chiv? And the Gemara's Muscho Rishon is that it's mistaber that a father should have more of a responsibility to support his sons than his daughters. And if that's the case, it sounds like from the Mishnah that it's only of Enoi Chayev but he really is Chayev B'mezoi Nois B'nai. Zok the Gemara. The two Diyukim that we just mentioned. B'mezoi Nois B'nai who the Enoi Chayev B'mezoi Nois B'nai going in the other order. It sounds like only a father is not obligated to support his daughter, but a son is obligated to support. Additionally, Pitei Nami Chayev Hudalekla. It sounds like as it relates to his daughter, he doesn't have a Chayev to support her. mitzvah Ika. But a mitzvah he really does have. And if that's the case, says the Gemara, I don't know who the Tan of the Mishnah is. I know it can't be Rameir. It can't be Rabbi Yehuda. And it can't be Rabbi Yechanan ben Breika as well. Now, who's Rameir? Who's Rabbi Yehuda? Who's Rabbi Yechanan ben Breika? The Gemara is about to bring a Braisa. But again, I think it's Kedai to Chaza this one time. And that is that essentially, although Rabbi Lozman Azariah simply said, but really, what he said was much more than that. He said that a father has a Chiyav. He also said that a father has a mitzvah to support his daughter. He just doesn't have a chiv to support his daughter. Right? Very innocent line. But the way Chazal saw this line was fully loaded. Number one, a father does have a chiv to support his son, because it's only Bita that he does it, but his son he does. And even Bita, he only doesn't have a chiv, but a mitzvah he does do. So really, the, the reconstructed halacha of Rabbi Lazar ben Azari is that a father has a chiv to support his son, and a mitzvah to support his daughter. And if that's true, although Rabbi Lazar ben Azari didn't say it, but it's based on two diyukim that we're making Rabbi Lazar ben Azari, then Mani Mastis, Rabbi Lazar ben Azari doesn't stim with three great tanoim, not Rameh, not Rabbi Yehuda, not Rabbi Yechem and Breika. Tanya, we're going to the Bible, some mitzvah laws in Asabonois, is a mitzvah for a father to support his daughters. Kavachaymer Lebanim, and Kavachaymer, he has a mitzvah to support his sons. What's the Kavachaymer? To ask you the Torah. Girls are potter from the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Sons are obligated in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So if a father has a chiv to support his daughters that are not learning Torah, Kavachaymer sons that are learning Torah. Divi Rameh, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, mitzvah laws in Asabonim. Father has a mitzvah to support his sons, for Kavachaymer Lebanois. And Kavachaymer, he has a mitzvah to support his daughters. So Rabbi Yehuda saw it the exact opposite as Rameir did, as he so often does in Shas. And why so? Meaning, what's the Kavachaymer? Oh, if you have a chiv to support your sons, for sure your daughters. Mishum zilusa. Because if your sons don't have any parnasa, if they're going to have to do things to figure out an Eitzah, 
it won't be such a bazillion for them. But let's say your daughters don't have any parnasa and they have to start going and try to raise money for themselves, being that they're girls and it's going to be more of a bazillion. So it actually makes more sense in Sfarah that a father should support his sons than he should support his daughters. So Ramey and Rabbi Yehuda both hold that a father has a mitzvah to support his sons and he has a mitzvah to support his daughters. The question is, which is the more obvious and which is the less obvious? Rameir said, your daughters kavuchayim your sons. Rabbi Yehuda said, your sons kavuchayim your daughters. But that's just more in terms of the back round to the halacha. Abba they're both saying the same thing. They're both saying that a father has a mitzvah to support his sons and a father has a mitzvah to support his daughters. Rabbi Yechem and Breika and Rabbi Yechem and Breika is the next shita. He says, A father has an obligation to support his daughters after he dies. That's what it says in the Ksuba. But while the father's alive, the father has no obligation and not only does he have no obligation, he also has no mitzvah. That's what Rashi explains. So we have three shitas over here in the Braisa. We have Ramey and Rabbi Huda that are essentially saying the same thing, although they're coming from different angles. They're both saying that a father has a mitzvah to support his sons and his daughters. And then we have Rabbi Yechem and Breika that says that a father has no mitzvah, no obligation to support not his sons and not his daughters. Who's the time of our mission? Again, what did the Mishnah say? That a father has a chiv to support his sons and a mitzvah to support his daughters. It's neither one of these three sheets. If it's Rameir, I'm about a mitzvah. What did Rameir say? That a father has a mitzvah to support his daughters and a mitzvah to support his sons. What did the Mishnah say? Father has a mitzvah to support his daughters and a chiv to support his sons. Chiv is more than mitzvah. So it's not Rameir. Rabbi Yehuda, if it's Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda also says Said that a father has a mitzvah to support his daughters and a mitzvah to support his sons, which is not like the Mishnah, which says the father has a mitzvah to support his daughters and a chiv to support his sons. Incidentally, the Rashash just changes the gears in the Gemara. Rabbi Yehuda ha'omar na bonim nami mitzvah ha'omar nami bonim mitzvah. That's the punchline. Meaning, Rabbi Yehuda also holds what Rabbi Meir holds. That there's a mitzvah for the sons, just like there is for the daughters, in which case, the Tanah mission can't be Rabbi Yehuda. And I Rabbi Yechem and Breika, and if it's Rabbi Yechem and Breika, that for sure doesn't work. Because I feel a mitzvah nami lek. Rabbi Yechem and Breika holds there's no mitzvah not for sons and not for daughters, whereas the Tanah the Mishnah holds there's a mitzvah for daughters and there's even a chiv for the sons. So Lachur, at first glance, it would seem Rabbi Lazar and Azariah is not Rabbi it's not Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Rabbi Yechem and Breika. It's a fourth shita. Is that in fact the case? So the Gemara says, no. the Gemara says, Ibai Semir Amei, I can tell you the Rabbi Lozben Azariah, the time of Mishnah Ramei, Ibai Semir Rabbi Yehuda, I can tell you it works with Rabbi Yehuda, and Ibai Semir Rabbi Yechem and Breika, I can make it work according to Rabbi Yechem and Ben Breika as well. And just to speak about Pet, what the Gemara is going to do, just the concept, and that is the Gemara is going to say that even though we began this sugya with two diyukim in the Mishnah, and it feels like they're good diyukim, but they're not muhach. So really, the Mishnah not being Ramei, Rabbi Yehuda, or Rabbi Yechem and Breika is predicated on two diyukim that we made. Well, if we knock out the diyukim, then we can make it work, and that's really what the Gemara is going to do. Says the Gemara, Ibai Semir Rameir, like I can tell you that the time of the Mishnah is Rameir, this way after read the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, that was the whole Mishnah. A father's not chayiv to support his daughter. So we assumed, oh, it's the daughters that he's not chayiv, but sons he is chayiv. So that's the Gemara, maybe not. Maybe Vuadin Lebanon. Maybe really Bito is loved Africa. And what it says, it means also, and if that's true, let's make the diik, the other diik, that is a good diik, there is a mitzvah for a father to support his daughters, if the mission is going to be Rameir, 
Rameir holds that anything a father has to do for a daughter, Kavachaymer has to do for a son, because they learn Torah. So there would be a mitzvah for the father to support his daughters, and Kavachaymer, there'd be a mitzvah for him to support his sons. Now you're going to tell me if the Mishnah, when it said, but it means Benoy as well, so why did it say Bitoy? It should say Bitoy u Benoy. The reason it said Bitoy was. Mashmalat to teach me that filu bitoy that even bitoy chayvahu delakah mitzvah ikah. There's only no chiv, but really a mitzvah there is going to be. And the reason it's a bigger chiddush for bitoy is because that's Rameir Shita. Rameir holds that banois kalvachaymer lebanim. So Rameir wanted to make it clear that. There is a mitzvah for Bita, which is Meduyik in the Mishnah, and Kavachayim, there's going to be a mitzvah for Bita. But the bottom line is, the Mishnah could be Rameir. How's the Mishnah going to be Rameir? Because the Mishnah never said that there's a difference between Bita and Benai. Right? Why do we think the Mishnah is not Rameir? Because the Mishnah says, Oh, mitzvah ikah. That's Rameir. Rameir holds as a mitzvah to support your daughter. But it's also mashma that there is a chiyah bibnoi. It's only enay chayah bibitoi. But there is a chiyah bibnoi. That's not Rameir. Rameir said there's a mitzvah bibnoi. Meaning, from the Mishnah, it's mashma, there's a chilik between bitoi bibnoi. Rameir said there's no chilik between bitoi bibnoi. So, as the Gemara, Lo'ilam, even Rameir holds there's no chilik. I mean, Lo'ilam, the time of the Mishnah also holds there's no chilik between bitoi and bibnoi. Aye, if that's the case, so why did the Mishnah say bitoi? It said bitoi to teach me a chiddish and bitoi. But really, there's no difference between Bitoi and Benoi, and if that's the case, the Tana of the Mishnah could be Rameir. So, I can tell you it's Rabbi Yehuda. It's going to be the same Cheshman. When it says in the Mishnah, it's not only Bitoi, it's Huadin Benoi. Now, here it's not Huadin Benoi. Here it's the Kolshkein Lebenoi. Why is it a Kolshkein Lebenoi? It's just the semantic. Because Rabbi Yehuda held in Svara that it's more Mestabra you should support your daughters than your sons because there's Zilusa for your daughters. So if you're not Chayev in Mezoinus Bitoi, Koshken, you're not Chayev in Mezoinus Bitoi either. Either way, there's no Chilik between Bitoi and Benoi. It's the same thing. Now let's make the Diak. Ha Mitzvah Bibnoi There's a Mitzvah Bibnoi the Kavachayim Lebanis. Again, semantics because if there's a Mitzvah Bibnoi certainly there's going to be a Mitzvah Bibnoi. But again, the Diak of there being a difference between Bitoi and Bnoi is tiny as the Gemara. Maybe really is not a diak. And there's no difference in halacha between bita and benoi. Now, if really the halacha bita is true for benoi as well, so why did the Mishnah say bita? How come Ashbon is coming to teach me that even by bita there is no chiv, which is a chiddish, because again, in Rabbi Yehuda's world, it's more mistabra, we should be looking out for the daughters, but the bottom line is, again, it's the same that the Gemara is making in the Iba Yisemi Rameir, in the Iba Yisemi Rabbi Yehuda, the premise was, there's a chiluk between Bita and Benoit. Why? Because it says that. It sounds like Benoit, there is a chiv. That's not Rameir, not Rabbi Yehuda, who holds there is no chiv. Sai by Bita, Sai by Benoit. The Gemara is saying, no, Loigum, it's not a dik. I wide it, say Bita. Coin to Rameir, we say it one way. Coin to Rabbi Yehuda, we say it another way. But that's the dik. Iba Yisemi. And then the Gemara says, I can tell you, even Rabbi Yechim and Breiko, that maybe the Tan of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yechim and Breiko. Now, what was the problem with the Tan of Mishnah being Rabbi Yechim and Breiko? That was an issue on both accounts. Rabbi Yechim Rebekah holds there's no mitzvah, not by Bitei, not by Benoi. What does the Tan of the Mishnah seemingly say, if we accept both the Yukim, that there is a mitzvah of Benitei, and there's even a chi of Benoi. So really, he strikes out on both of the Nakudas. But the Gemara says, no. The Tan of the Mishnah could be Rabbi Yechim Rebekah. Valchi Karma, this is the way you have to read the Mishnah. Okay. That's the dichoy that we made already in the first two Iba Yasemas. There really is no difference between Bita and But we need another step here. And Lo'ilam could be the time that the Mishnah holds not only Enei Chayev, but even there's no mitzvah. Okay, so why did it say Enei Chayev? Say better. 
say there's no mitzvah. It's very misleading because we said in the world of chiv and mitzvah and rishos, sometimes there's three categories. Now sometimes there's not, but sometimes there is. So it can be very, very misleading. So Be'echim and Breka says it's not so misleading because if you know how to read a Mishnah, you'll chap that it's really not so misleading because because really the Mishnah isn't just saying that of it's saying two things. While the father's alive, there's no chiv. But once the father dies, now what's that? The Habanu Sizoinu of Laacham is Savir. That's a Chayvah. It's Tanonami Einechayev. Therefore, the time of the Mishnah said Einechayev. See, right, is Einechayev the most precise word? No. Is it misleading? A little bit. So, why did we say it? It's Pashit for the conformity. We want the Reisha of the Mishnah and the Sefer of the Mishnah to Shtim. We want it to go very nicely. And this is something that you find in many, many Gemaras. It's a little surprising, but this is something that you do find that sometimes Chazal were looking out more for the symmetry of the Mishnah, right? The poetic aspect of it. And they're willing to look away from a potential diik that maybe somebody can make that could distort the pshat in the Mishnah. And this is an example, you're right. And it's not only any chayiv, it's any mitzvah. And really you could have said it more sharp, but the sefer said chayiv, so we want the ratio to say chayiv as well. Either way, so we sort it out that it could be that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, the time of the Mishnah, is a fourth shita, not Rabbi Meir, not Rabbi Yehuda, not Rabbi Yechim and Breika, or it could be he holds like Rabbi Meir, could be he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, and it could even be that he holds like Rabbi Yechim and Breika. Bottom line, Amar Rabbi La, Amar Rishlakish, Mishum Rabbi Yehuda Chanina. So Rabbi La said the name Rishlakish, send the name Rabbi Yehuda Chanina, but Usha Eskino. That years later, when the Yidin were in Usha, they Chachamim, the Sanhedrin, they made a takana, and the takana was quote. That a father should support his sons and his daughters while they're ketanim. So even though there was a whole discussion and a machlikis tanoim and Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's drasha that he said became biyavna, but when the yidden ended up in usha, so there they made a takana, and the takana was that a person should support his sons and his daughters kishahim ketanim. Now, when were the yidden in usha? That's a Gemara Masechtis Rosh Hashanah Daflamet Aleph, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. But for now, the Yidin and the Sanhedrin post Churban Bayesheni found themselves in Usha, and when they were in Usha, they made a Takana, and this was one of the Takanas that they made that a father should support his sons and his daughters when they come. Iboilu Hilchas Akavase or Ein Hilchas Akavase. So Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rishlach, the name of Rabbi Chanina, that it was a Takana Usha. It's very important. Meaning, is he right what he said, or is he not right what he said? Is the Allah like him that this was the Takana Susha, or not? So the Gemara says, Tashma, bring you a riot. When a father who didn't want to support his children would come to Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda would try to get him to support his children. So he would say the following. He would say, quote, he had a line, Yorud Yolda. So Rashi says, Yolda is a tannin. So it seems like some sort of big fish. So the Yorud had a child, but the Yorud didn't want to take care of its children and instead it became the responsibility of the Bnei Masa, of all the, the townsfolk, to have to take care of this child. So what do you see from here? You see from here that really there wasn't a chiv for the father to support his child. Because if the father had a chiv to support his child, so why do you have to tell him a whole spiel? Should have been old school. You should have forced him to do what he has to do. It sounds like he's trying to maybe embarrass him, but why don't you just do it in the old-fashioned way? If I study, he didn't have a right to. Because really the halacha is that a father doesn't have to support his children. 
When a situation like this would appear in the court of Rav Chizda, Amud Rav Chizda would say, What you should do is, is you should take a, a mortar, like take some sort of pedestal, flip it around, put it in a public area, Velekim and get up. Velekim and say the following, Urva The raven takes care of his sons. But this man is more of an achzer. He has less compassion on his children than the raven does. So the Gemara says, one second, ravens? Like from all the animals and creatures that you could have picked, that's the one that you're picking? Says the Gemara, doesn't the Pasnik say, we say the Zimra, Hashem gives the Behema bread, and he looks out for the sons of the ravens. And Chazal say that the reason that Hashem has to single out, David HaMelech said this until him, that we look out for the sons of the ravens because the raven itself doesn't have anyone looking out for it because its parents abandon him. So why would you say that it's just the opposite. The Urv is actually the one animal that it seems like maybe doesn't take care of its children. So the Gemara says, like, not. you have to know there's two types of ravens. There are white ravens and there are black ravens. Rashi says that when the ravens are younger, they're white, and the parents hate them at that point. Then they get older, and they're mashchir, and then v'ha'im v'hav oyav son. And it's then that they take care of them. Also, the Kamei Rava. When Rava would have a situation like this, Amalei Rava would say, Do you want your children to have to be supported from staka? Like, why are you doing that? In other words, you see from all three of these stories that Amiram they had these like roundabout ways to try to incentivize this person to take care of his children. But it's Mi'ikra Din, he really didn't have to. Because if Mi'ikra Din, he had to, so then they would have figured out a way to enforce the halacha. Right? When Bezin has to enforce the halacha, they know what to do. Here, they're getting creative. And the reason they're getting creative is because clearly Mi'ikra Din, this is not something that Mechuyev to do. And if that's the case, what do you see from here? That the halacha is actually not like what Rabbi Law said in the name of Rishlach, in the name of In other words, there's no, we don't believe that there was such a Takana Susha. If there was, the halacha would probably be like it. But you see from here, the less Hilchus HaKavasi, that this is really not the halacha. Now, the Gemara says that as it relates to what Rava used to do, right? Rava would, again, try to embarrass the person on some level. Right? This is, he would try to guilt them into doing it. So there's a very important postscript, and it's going to be the topic of the raid. The only time this is true, that Rava would go about it in the way he did, in a seemingly very, very idle way, that's only if the person wasn't an Amid. Rashi? He wasn't a Gvir. If he was a Gvir, then he would beat him up. Rava once forced Rav Nassim Barami to give 400 Zuzin Litzdaka. Why? Because he was someone that he believed was obligated in Staka. He didn't want to do it. And there's an idea that we're kaifen, umakin, we force a person sometimes to do a mitzvah. So Zokta that Rava held that you can't force a father to support his children. But to the extent that he's an usher, he's anyways obligated in the mitzvah of tzedakah. So just like he's giving tzedakah elsewhere and he's obligated to, so we can now force him to channel the tzedakah towards his own children and mitzad the halacha of koifen umakin to be mekayim in mitzvah's essay then he would force him. So you're right. Out the takonas usho, out the drosh of Rabbi Lozav and Azari, the machlekes, Ramei, Rabbi Yudav, Yechel, Memreiken. No, you're right. We wouldn't force him, and we would go about it in these roundabout ways. But in terms of if this person's a gvir and he has an obligation of stalker, so why are his children any worse than anyone else that he has a chiyuv to give stalker to? So then he would force him mitzvah the mitzvah of stalker. We'll get back to this, but just a little more gemara and really the paper trail of 
the Gemara that we're about to learn and the Gemaras that are going to go into tomorrow's daf is that we just mentioned Atakonas Usha, which was very relevant to the Mishnah that we learned. So the Gemara now is going to mention several other Takanas Ushas. We'll just learn one more today and then we'll pick it up tomorrow. Says the Gemara, Am Rabbi Yilo, Am Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yilo says the name Reish Lakish. Ushas Kinu, in Ushna they made a Takana. If somebody writes all his Nechasim to his sons, so a person sits down, he writes the Shtar and he says, I'm giving my children everything. He literally cleaned himself out. He gave over everything to his children. Him and his wife are supported from that money. Meaning, the child that just received all his nechassim has an obligation to go and support his parents. You could have thought, nah, you gave it to Bibi Matana, I don't have to give you anything. That would be nice if you did, but mechuyiv too? Yeah. And that was a takona susha. There's actually an obligation. Some say was one that That we know the halach is that almanosoi nizoynis minichasov. That an almano is nizoynis minichasov. Now the can't the backdrop to this halacha is that the. Halach is that So if a man dies and he leaves over an almana and yisoyimim and money, so the yisoyimim yarshin the money and the yisoyimim have an obligation to support the almana. It's the name of a parak at the end of the mesachta. Almana nisoyimus minachse yisoyimim. Now the halacha also is that in the event that the yarshim sell the nechasim, then the Almana can't have any claim on the lekuchos, on the people that bought these nechasim to say that I have a lien, I have a shibur on these nechasim because I'm the almana and almana nizaynis menechsi yisaynim. The halach is, then that's not something that a person is going to be obligated to do. So there's no halacha anywhere that says that in the event that, so the halacha is that although Ammon and Yisoyim is but that's only if the Yisoyim actually have the Nechassim handy. They have it in their Rishos. But to the extent that they don't have it in their Rishos, at this point it's in the hand of the Lokuchos, so then the halacha is that they're not going to be Mechuyif to go ahead and now support. Now, stating that, there is a, an important carve-out to this halacha. And that is, what happens if a man dies? He leaves over a daughter who's going to yarshin his nechassim. This daughter was married. So the halacha is that she yarshins the nechassim. As soon as she yarshins the nechassim, the nechassim become nechassimolog, which means that her husband now have a mitzvah, have a din to be oichel the peiros, because that's the halacha of nechassimolog. She owns the karen, but the baal is oichel peiros. In halachic circles, the way we view the baal that's oichel the peiros of his wife's nechassimolog is we view him as a lekeach. It's negei halachas, we'll see a little bit more about it in tomorrow's stuff, but that's the way we view the Baal's relationship to the Peiris Nechsamilog. We look at it as if he's a Lekeach. Now, based on that, you would have thought that the halacha is that if, a, if the father that died left over a daughter who's married with his Peiris Nechsamilog component, if the Almana would now want to take some of those Peiris Nechsamilog to be supported, she should not be supported by it. Why not? Because we said, although Ammon and Yisoyim is Menechsi Yisoyim, but only directly from the Yarshim, not from the Lekuchais. If the Yarshim sold it, now she doesn't have an ability anymore to be supported. Well, in this case, although she physically didn't support it, but it's Ke'ilu she sold it, because 
there's a Baal who's Eichel Paris Nachsamiluk, and we look at him as if he's a Lekeach, as if he bought the field, and it's based on that, that he has a right to eat the Paris Nachsamiluk. Stating that the halach is, the Gemara is about to quote exactly where the source is, is that in the event that we have a situation like this, the Almana is going to be able to be supported from the children. So the Gemara's Kasha is that if the Almana gets supported from her, from the Yisoyimim, in a situation like this, then certainly, the Gemara actually asks it as a Kalvachimer, in the event that there's a father that gives over his Nechassim to his children, that the father and his wife should be supported from the children. Now, at first glance, it sounds like what's exactly the connection. The connection is as follows. The reason Almanaz Nizoyinus Menechsi Yisoyimim is because every husband has a responsibility to support his wife. We saw in yesterday's daf, whether it's a Chiyuv de rice, it's a chiyuv de rabbanon, but that's a chiyuv that he has. The chiddush of Almanin Nezoyinus Menachsi Yisoyimim is twofold. Number one, that chiyuv survives the death of the husband. Number two, that chiyuv survives the transfer of rishos of the property. You could have thought when the father's alive, he has a chiyuv to support her. When it's in his rishos, well, he's not alive anymore. So, number one, he's not here to write the check. And number two, it's not even in his rishus anymore. It's by the Yarshan. Kamash Malon, that the Chiv Mizoyinus for the Almana, it survives all of the aforementioned noise. Now, if that's the case, so Luchur, the same thing should be true as it relates to a father that gave over his Nechassim to his children. Because although it's not in his Rishus anymore, so how could you tell me that there's a Chiv now to go ahead and support the Almana? I don't have the money anymore. Yeah, but you see that Chiv Mizoyinus survives transferring of Rishus. And if it survives transferring of Rishus, in the case where the man died, it should also survive the transferring Rishus in the case that the man is alive. That's the Tzushtal of the Gemara. They're showing him grapple a little bit to understand this a little bit better, but that's basically the Tzushtal of the Gemara. Now, it's interesting. The Gemara is going to ask it really as a, as a Kalvachimer. The Gemara is going to ask it as a Kalvachimer. So what's the Kalvachimer? The Kalvachimer is that Madach, if the man's not alive, there's an obligation of him to support his Ammon still. That's the concept of Ammon and Nizaynus Menachsi Yisoyimim. So certainly if he is alive, there's more of a chiyah of him to support, there should be a, an obligation. But the bottom line is, let's Put this together one more time. Not such an easy gemara. Um, Rabbi Lo, um, Lakish. Rabbi Lo said the name Rish Lakish. In Usha, they made a takana that if somebody writes over all his nechasim to his children, who ve'ishtein is zayin mehem. The children have a chiyev to support the parents. So the gemara says, Maskif lo Rab Zayrov, item Rashmu Barnachmeini, Gedoy lo Mizal Amru Almanasloin Nizaynis Menachasav. We know that the halach is that even though Alman is not Nizaynis Menachsi Yisoyimim when it's from the lekuchos, but from the husband who has the schus peris nachsamalug, even though he in Allah is a she does get supported. So if she gets supported then, then certainly she should be supported over here. Who when he's not alive, there's such a halacha. So certainly if he is alive, there should be such a halacha. In other words, the kash is not, I don't understand the halacha. The kash is, what do I need a takana zusha for this? This was a takana zusha. I know this halacha far takana zusha. Because I know something that's even a bigger chiddish. Okay, so what's the makarta acting that's a bigger chiddish? The Shalach Ravin Igarte Ravin sent a, a letter from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. So we know that Kiyasa Ravin, right? When Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, he brought back so many halachas. This is a little different than what we're used to. Kishalach Ravin Igarte. Over here, Ravin actually sent the letter. Interesting. So the telegrams that Ravin was sending from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel 
before he actually came back to Bavel. Rest of the story. So what did he say? Mishay Meis, Venir Chamanu Ubas, right? So much history in today's daf. Just, I mean, every daf, really, if, if you know how to find it. So Mishay Meis, Venir Chamanu Ubas. Somebody died, he left over an Amana and a daughter. Amanasin is Oynes Menachasov. That loch is, the Amana is supported from the Nechasim of the daughter. This is Abbas. Let's say she gets married. So now there's a husband who owns the Paris. It doesn't matter. True, he owns the Paris, but she's going to be able to get from the Paris. What happens if the girl dies and now the husband yarshened everything? But that's a whole different discussion. I had such a story. That Talmud gets supported. Bottom line, what's the kasha? Who So Madach Talmud gets supported in that case, even though there was a transfer of Rishos. So Kalvachayim, in this case, she should also be supported. Now, one thing the Rishonim speak out is it sounds like the Gemara's kasha is Hu He and his wife. Is it a, a chiddush? Madach Talmud gets supported over there. Certainly, he and his wife, the man that wrote over the Nechasim, and his wife should be supported. So what's the Rishonim's kasha? You have a Kalvachayim that she should be supported, but what's the Kalvachayim that he? Should should be supported. All the Rishonim asked is Kasha. And the Rishonim say that maybe what the Gemara means is not that he should be supported together with his wife. There's no Kavachaymer he should be supported. Because you don't have any precedent that he's ever being supported to make the Kavachaymer. But the Gemara means is when she's the Almona she gets supported. So when he's living happily ever after together with his wife. So Mibaya certainly she should be supported. But Enchanami the Kavachaymer is in the Gaya her, not him. Bottom line is the Kasha is what do we need at the Kanasusha? Don't already know the Salah. The Gemara says, no, I would have thought Hossam over, over there that Allah is with the Lekha the Tarach maybe it's too big of a Chiddush really an Amana is not Goiva her Mezoinus from the from the Lekuchas Ay, why is it that she gets it from the Edim from the Paris Nechsamalog isn't he a Lekeach Teret says yeah but over there we were looking out for the Amana because she's an Amana she has no one to take care of her and as a result we need to be sensitive and this is something that we're going to do but over here this woman's not an Amana her husband's alive. And because her husband's alive, he can go and he can make parnasa. So it's true, he just gave over all his nechassim. It sounds like he's starting from scratch all over again. But at the same time, he has an ability to go and be mefarnasar. And being that he has the ability to be mefarnasar, b'chaygab necham didn't make a takana. So lo'olam, it's very big chiddish. They only said that chiddish in the case when she has nobody looking out for over here. He can take care of her. And as a result, this Allah is not going to be the case. Iboyolo, again, the Bnei Yeshiva weren't sure. Hilchas say. Rabbi Law, again, had this Messiah, no one else seemed to have this Messiah, but he had a Messiah about such a Takana Susha. And the question is, do we paskin like him or do we not paskin like him? So the Gemara says, Tashma, I'll prove to you, like in the previous Gemara, that we do not paskin like this Takana Susha. Rabbi Chanino, for Rabbi Yonison, Havikaimi. Also, who gathers Rabbi Chanino and Yonison standing together. A man came, Gochin, he bent down the Nashkel Rabbi Yonison Akari, and he kissed Rabbi Yonison on his knees, um, or on his feet. Um, so he Rabbi Chanino, so Rabbi Chanino told Rabbi Yosef, my hi, like, do you know this person? Like, why did he just do that? Amalese, he told him, yeah, I actually do. We have a little bit of history. I'm going to tell you what happened. This person once rode over all his nechassim to his sons. And the sons didn't want to support the father. And I was able to get them, and Rashi says, to go to support the father. And it's because of that, he likes me so much, and that's why he kissed me on my feet. So the Gemara says like this, hey, I'm Rabbi Lavdina if the children were not to do it, that's why he had to coerce them to doing it. That's why there was this element of But if it's really something that to do, I would have had to force them. This is a raya that really this was not something that he was to do. So today's daf discussed 
the halacha of whether or not a father has an obligation to support Bonov Ubnois of Akhtanim, the very end of the daf, the last several minutes, talked about someone who wrote over all his nechassim to his children, whether or not they now have a responsibility to support their parents. What do these two halachas have in common? I mean, they're clearly me'inyin le'inyin, shtikl ba'isayinyin, but what do they really have in common? They were both subjects of otakon asusha, although ironically the Gemara says v'les hilcha, so that we actually don't paskin like either one of these takon asusha. So in the course of today's daf, the Gemara mentioned that Rava once forced Rav Nassim Bar Ami to give tzedakah. Not just that, the Gemara even knows the amount. He forced Rav Nassim Bar Ami to give 400 zuzi with tzedakah. And plus Shabshan in the Gemara is, because we know, this is something that's mentioned in many places in Shas, that if a person says that I don't want to do a mitzvah, Bezdin has the right to force the person to do the mitzvah. Not just that, the Lashon of the Gemara is daunting. The Gemara says, You could literally force the person, It's interesting, the way the Gemara presents this halacha is that there's a difference between the makis that a person could get when it comes to mitzvah's essay versus the makis that he gets when it comes to a loisa essay. Alois Sasei has a limit. Malkis Arboim, Arboim Chasarachas. But a mitzvah Sasei, if a person says, I don't want to do a mitzvah Sasei, before the fact, Makinoi Sasei Adshe Teitsei Nashe. And it's in that vein that Rava forced the person to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Tzlaka. Toisvis, Dibra Maschal, Akfe, Rava Vachulu asks a very, very famous kasha. And that is, Toisvis says, How is it possible that Rava would have forced Rav Nassim Barami to give Tzlaka? The Gemara says, in Mesechtes Chulun, Daf Kuf Yudomid Beis, that Bezdin doesn't have a right to force a person to be Mekayim the mitzvah of Kibbut even though it's a mitzvah saseh. And even though we just said Bezdin has a right to force a person to be Mekayim a mitzvah. But Kibbut Aim is different. And the reason it's different is because Kibbut Aim is a mitzvah saseh, Shematan Schor Bitzido. It says in the Pasik, Kabbadah Savicha Vasir Mecha, Laman, Yarichun Yomecha. So the Pasik gives a schar for. The mitzvah of Kibbut Aveim. And being that it's a mitzvah sasation, matan schar betzidah, the rule is such a mitzvah, Bezdin doesn't have a right to force a person to do it. So, Frey Toysvis, if that's the case, tzedakah is also a mitzvah sasation, matan schar betzidah. It's this week's parsha. The Pasik says, Nosoin titein loy, that if an Arman comes to you and he asks you for help, you should give him tzedakah. And don't feel bad. Giving the tzedakah, keep beglala dover azeh, because you should appreciate that because of this that yevarecha Hashem aleikecha that David is going to bench you bechol masecha ubechol nishlach yodecha. The pasuk says that if a person gives tzedakah, he's going to be zoycha to bracha. Keep beglala dover azeh yevarecha Hashem aleikecha bechol masecha. That how could Rabbi have forced someone to give the mitzvah? Of stalker, stalker like Kibbutz of Aim is a mitzvah sasei matan schar and because it's a mitzvah sasei matan schar betzida, the halach is that Bezdin can't force a person to do a mitzvah sasei matan schar betzida. Agav ben Benoishal Agav, the mechaschinoch and mitzvah reishud beis says an unbelievable chiddush. He says that even though Kibbutz of Aim is a mitzvah shema and schar and Bezin can't force a person to be mekayim the mitzvah of kibbutz aveim, but he says it's poshet to him, even though this is a huge chiddush. He says it's poshet to him that that's only the mitzvah of kibbutz aveim, but the mitzvah of yira 
for an other aim, ish imay v'aviv tiro, says the Mechaz Chenech, for that mitzvah bezin would be able to force a person. And the reason is, because there's no matan schar v'tzido. Kabed es avicha v'asimecha, it says l'man yarichon yamecha. But by ish imay v'aviv tiro, it doesn't say l'man yarichon yamecha. So we know there's two mitzvahs haseid dairaisa that relate to the inyan of avayim. There's kibbut avayim, and then there's year for avayim. Now there's also the loisa says, makka avayimoy, makal avayimoy, there's the parashim and soyrim mayur, which relates to this. We just spoke about the Moitzi Shemra is related to this and the Naira Muras is related to this. There's a lot of mitzvahs that touch on this. But the bottom line is, it's two clear mitzvahs asses. This the mitzvah of Kibbut of Aim, this the mitzvah of Yira of Aim. By Kibbut of Aim, it says, by Yira of Aim, it doesn't say, so Mechazchinuch says a Chiddush that only Kibbut of Aim is not in Schar Betzida, but the mitzvah of Yira of Aim is not in Schar Betzida. But we digress. As it relates to Tztaka, it's definitely a mitzvah asses, Shema in Schar Betzida. Kibbutlala Dovraze, Yuverecha Shemali Kechabach. And if that's the case, how could Rav have forced from Nasan Barami to give Tzdoko? Isn't this a classic, quintessential textbook example of a mitzvah sase, Shemat and Schar And Taisa says a few Turutsin. Taisa's last terrors is Vaoid. The Bitzdoko ikotarti lavi. That by Tzdoko, in addition to there being a mitzvah sase, there's also two lavin. It says in the Torah, Loisa Amets, and it says in the Torah, the loy sick bites. The Torah says that if somebody comes to you for tzedaka, don't harden your heart. The mitzvah of tzedaka is a mitzvah saseh, but it's also a mitzvah sloy saseh. So it says toysvah, that this, that we have a rule, that a mitzvah saseh, shema and schar betzidah, bezin can't force a person to do the mitzvah, that's, it's if it's a mitzvah saseh. But if there's a mitzvah sloy saseh, such as in this case, where there's two mitzvah sloy saseh, over here it's going to be different. We mentioned in the past, in Bris, they tell over a story with the Beis HaLevi, that there was once a gvir that came to the Beis HaLevi, and he gave him a, a very, very large schum of money. And the Beis HaLevi took the envelope, and as he brought the envelope into his house, there was a knock on the door. Beisalevi went to the door and there was an Amona that came and she told the Beisalevi, she started crying that her husband just died and she's left with Yisoyim she has no money, she has no parnasa and she doesn't know what to do. And the Beisalevi took the envelope and he gave it to this, this Amona. And when the Amona left, so this Gvir looked at the Beisalevi and he was a little bit taken aback. He had just given a very, very large sum of money and the Beisalevi didn't even look at the check. He didn't even count it yet. He didn't even open it. And he felt bad a little bit that here he just gave this very large sum of money and, and the Beisalevi didn't even count it. So he didn't have the Tevisana of the Beisalevi knowing how much money he gave him. And the Beisalevi was able to pick up on what was bothering this Gvir. So he turned to him and he told him, Du meinst that you expected me to start counting the money? He says, how was I supposed to count the money? There were two guns that were pointing on me when the other man, when this woman walked into my house. He says, who are the two books, Bixen? He says, it says in the Torah, and it says, he says, you have two guns pointing at you. You're supposed to count money? How are you supposed to count money? And the base of said, villa. But the bottom line is, the mitzvah of Stocker is not only a mitzvah essay, it's also a mitzvah of essay. And it's not just one loisa essay, there's two this doesn't fall into the rule of and it's for that reason Rav forced Rav Nassim Barami to give Tzedakah by the mitzvah of Tzedakah and this is in mitzvah Tov Ayin Tess it says another terror it says a few Terutzen but one terror that the Mechazchinuch says is a Dover Nifla Mechazchinuch says that I think that if you look at the Pasik, it could be 
There's a way to be mefarish the pasik a little differently than the way Tosfos was mefarish the pasik. The pasik says nothing titan lie. If you have an opportunity to give stalker, give stalker. Don't feel bad when it comes to giving stalker. How do you learn the Pasuk Pasha? Pasha learned the Pasuk that it's an assignment to give Tzedakah. It's not easy for a person to part with his money. Don't feel bad. Meaning, as much as I understand it could be an internal struggle that you're dealing with right now, don't feel bad. Why? Because appreciate that although right now there's money being debited from your account, Oh, but really, this debit is going to be the source of the biggest bracha. It's talking to this person that's having a difficult time giving tzedakah, and we tell him, don't feel bad, because realize that when you give tzedakah, you don't lose. Fakir, you gain. There's a haftacha, there's a bracha from the What an all-encompassing bracha. And as a result, the Torah says, this is not something you should feel bad. But Pasha said, the way you learn the Pasuk is, is that Tzedaka is what brings the Bracha. And that's what we're saying. Don't feel bad giving Tzedaka, because the debit, the Maisa Nesina Tzedaka, the Nosan Titein Loi, is going to bring all the Bracha. Maybe that's not what the Pasuk is saying. You know what the Pasuk is saying? The Pasuk is saying is give Tzedaka. And when you give the Tzedaka, make sure you don't feel bad. Because if you're not going to feel bad when you give the Tzedaka, you're going to give the Tzedaka in a way where you feel good about what you're doing. Then you're... But if you're going to give the Tzedaka in a way where you are going to feel bad, then you're not going to be Zoycha to the Bracha. The Bracha doesn't come simply for giving Tzedaka. The Bracha said the Minchas Chinuch comes from giving Tzedaka where it's V'loyeira Levavcha B'Sitchaloi. Nosoin Titein Loi, V'loyeira Levavcha B'Sitchaloi. Don't feel bad. You know why? Ki Beglala Dovrazet. What's the Dovrazet? Not the Nosoin Titein Loi, the V'loyeira Levavcha B'Sitchaloi. That if you're going to give Tzedaka in a way, where it's v'loyeru levavcha b'sitcholoi, in exchange for that, you're going to be zoichet to all the brachas in the world. It's going to be the yibiglala dova azay yivrecha Hashem alekech b'chol masecho u'b'chol mishlach yodecho. Says Doctor Mechaschenoch, it comes out. Is the mitzvah of tzedaka per se a mitzvah shemat and schar b'tzida? No, because you can be mekayim the mitzvah of tzedaka and not be zoichet to the bracha. The bracha is when a person gives tzedaka and it's v'loyeru levavcha b'sitcholoi. That's the dover azay. If the mitzvah of tzedaka, every time you make the mitzvah, you'd be zoichet to bracha, then it'd be a mitzvah to say shema and schar b'tzida. Or bezok to mechaschinuch a chiddush that yesh loymer. It's not the tzedaka that's matan schar b'tzida. It's the v'loyera levavcha b'sitcholoy that's the matan schar b'tzida. So to force a person to give tzedaka when he doesn't really want to do it, that's not matan schar b'tzida. Right? If you would force a person to give tzedaka where he wants to, as I kaifen oisat sheyem eroitzani rambam in hilchas gerish and type of move. So over there, yeah, maybe that would be a problem. But to force a person against his will to give tzedaka, guess what? That's not the mitzvah tzedaka shemat schar b'tzida. Now there's bracha. No one's saying there's no bracha for that tzedaka. But the pasuk, the man schar b'tzida, ki beglala dover azay yivarecha shem alikecha b'chol masecha ubechol. That's talking not simply about a person that gives stalker, but about a person that gives stalker, and while he gives the stalker, he's Mikhayan the Valoyer Lavavcha Besitchalai. It's a very big chiddush from the Minchaschinach. It's a pshad and a posik in this week's parasha. But I think that it could be as a makar in Divrei Kabbalah. I think it's a posik in Mishlai. The posik says, Toiv Ayin Hu Yevoyrach Kinosan Milach Meildom. 
Shloim HaMelech said, someone that has an iron toif, who you voyach? He's going to be gebenched. Why? Because someone that has a toif ayin, he tends to give tzedakah. He took his hard-earned bread, ladol, and he gave it to the Araman. And being that the toiv ayin gives stalker, therefore he's going to be gebenched. Now what's the makar to what Shleim HaMelech is saying? That someone that gives stalker is going to get bracha. It's the Pasuk that we just read. That's exactly what Shleim HaMelech is saying. But it always bothered me, the Lashon of the Pasuk, Why is he getting involved in whether or not this person has an iron toiv or doesn't have an iron toiv? Now it's true, if he has an iron toiv, chances are he's going to give tzedakah. But it's very possible you cannot have an iron toiv and give tzedakah. It's not the punchline. The Nakuda is not toiv ayin hu yevayrach, hanoisin milach meyotol hu What's this toiv ayin hu yevayrach? Lafida michaschinach, it's half of a fella. Because the, the yevayrach is not simply for nosling titein loy. It's for the v'layera levavcha besitcha loy. And the v'layera levavcha besitcha loy, that's not just what you're doing, it's what you're feeling. It's how you're approaching it. A toiv ayin. Someone that's a v'layera levavcha besitcha loy. That person is hu yevayrach I saw in the Sefer Derech from Chaim Kanyevsky, so it's in Perik Zion, it's in Siv Cotton Tess. So he says, on the love of Loisa Amitz, what's Loisa Amitz? Quote, Loisa Amitz Mairi, She'enoi Noisin Loi Machmes Ayin Ra. It's talking about someone that doesn't give Tzedakah, and the reason he doesn't give Tzedakah is because of an Ayin Ra. And here in the Tzion Halacha on the bottom, that's the equivalent of the Shari Tzion, it says, the free, the Kachkos of Asmag Loisa Se Reish Peites. So Chaim Kanyevsky said, what is Loisa Amitz? What's the love? It's not just not to give Tzedakah, what's the nuance? Of Lysa'amates and Lysikpoits, that's what Rabbi Chaim's talking about in this piece. He says, Lysa'amates is, is when a person doesn't stop not get stalker. That person's not over Lysa'amates. It's when a person doesn't get stalker, and the reason he doesn't give the stalker is because of an iron raw. There's an Indian of a toiv iron who you're Stalker is, of course, it's a mitzvah maisi. If there's ever been one, it's literally swipe your credit card, write a check, nothing deeply like with your hands. But there's another nakuda here. How you give stalker makes a very, very big difference. And the Mechaschinuch said that it could be the bracha. That's not simply an exchange for nothing titan loy, but that's an exchange for Veloyera Levavcha Besitan loy. And maybe, maybe it's even a Mefurish Apostle, Toiv Ayin Hu Yevayrach, Kinosa Melach Meodot. Shlomo Melach didn't say Hanoisim Melach Meodot Hu Yevayrach, but he said a Toiv Ayin Hu Yevayrach. It's Tavka the person that's Mekayan, the Veloyera Levavcha Besitan loy. He's the one that's Yevayrach, he's the one that's going to have the Brach. And that's the first aura. The second aura is so Rabbi forced Rav Nassim Barami to give stalker. Okay, but he forced him to give stalker. How much stalker did he force him to give? The Gemara says he forced him to give 400 zos. So the question is number one, why did he force him to give 400 zos? And number two, why did Chazal feel that it's important to tell us? This piece of information. Every detail in every Gemara is very, very pertinent. So if the Gemara is telling us a story, then it obviously any detail of this story is relevant to some limud, some halacha that we can learn from it. So why was it important for the Gemara to tell us that when Rav Nosem Barami was forced to give Tzedakah, the check that he had to write 
was 400 Zos. It's interesting, but there's another Gemara. This Gemara is later, coming up, on that Samech Zayin Amit Beis. The Gemara there is also discussing the Sugis of Tztaka, and the Gemara says, Marukfa, have anya b'shivavuse. There was an old man that lived in the neighborhood of Marukfa. Tavarogel l'shturile, and Marukfa had a minute that he used to send them Tztaka. How much Tztaka would he send him? Arba meyazuzi. 400 zuz, kol maile yoyim edekipura. Every Erev Yom Kippur. And the Gemara tells a whole story about what happened one year, but the bottom line is, every Erev Yom Kippur would send him Tztaka. How much Tztaka would he send him? He would send him 400 zuz. So the question is, we have two we have a Gemara in Ksubis Mantes on the days that Rav forced from Nasim Arami to give 400 Zuzim with Staka. And we have a Gemara in Perik Metziah Soisho, Ksubis Samich Zayin on the days where Mar Ukfa used to give an Araman every Arab Yom Kippur 400 Zuz. And the question is, why this number? Now, to be clear, this is something we've spoken about in the past. So, Pasha, you can say that the reason the number 400 is mentioned, is in line with something that we've spoken about many times, and that is that Rav David Yoel Weiss, in Begodim Chadashim, just one Maramakim, for where he talks about this, is in Mesech Des Brachas, he says that very often, when Chazal wanted to use a number that was a big number, they would use the number 400. And he said he believes that it's a, a Russian Guzma, not Guzman, that it can't be that that's the number, but that the number 400 is just being used to express that we're dealing with a very, very large number. He brings some Maramakoimus. He brings Brachis Tafchaf Amad Aleph. This is where he says it. Brachis Lamad Aleph Amad Aleph. Shabbos Lamad Aleph Amad Aleph. Shabbos Tafpe Amad Beis. Rosh Hashanah Tafchaf Beis Amad Beis. Yuvam is Kufches Amad Beis. Beya Tafchaf Amad Aleph. Nida Tafchaf Amad Aleph. Menachis Memdalur Amad Aleph. Ksubis Yud Beis Amad Aleph. That was the ksuba of the besula of 400 zuz. Ksubis memtes amadez, that's our Gemara. Ksubis samichvav amadez, that's the Gemara with Marukva that we just mentioned. Ksubis samichzayin amadez. Ksubis tzadik ches amadalev. Bavabasur daf ches amadalev. Bavabasur daf yur amadez. Pairis daf memdel amadez. And then he has a whole topol with regards to this number. But the bottom line is the number 400 is used in many different contexts and it seems to be a way of expressing a very, very large number. And that could zikha be the pashab shat in why we find the number 400 here and also the kaman and perak metzir seisho and those sugis related to tzedakah. But I believe, and I found the maramakim, that it could be there's a little bit of a deeper shot. And that is Behekdim. The Rabbeinu Bechayo in Parashness Lech Lecha. It's on the Brisbane Absarim where the Ebishter tells Avram, V'yoymer la'avram, Yodoy yoteh da yushin no kigei yir zarachav eretz lo'y lahem, v'avonim v'inu o'islam arba me'yashana. So Avram Avinu is told that your descendants are going to be in Mitzrayim and they're going to be enslaved in Mitzrayim for 400 years. Says Rabbeinu Bechayo, Tama misparazeh begolus Mitzrayim lo'y noita. Why the Yidden were in Mitzrayim for 400 years? Nobody knows. The Echod mi Mefarshei HaToyra, and there isn't one of the Mefarshei HaToyra in Magid ve'emashmiya bezehadavr. Whoever enlightened us into understanding on a panemius level why it is that the Yidden were in Mitzrayim for 400 years. It says Rabbeinu B'chayu, Omnam, im tedaktek, if you're going to be ma'ayin a little bit, Timtza, you're going to see, ke'amisbar hazen nimtza b'roiv ha'mekoimois etzel ayin hara. You find this number 400 mentioned in many places in the context of an ayin hara. Ki ayin ra, mispare arba meyos. Because ayin ra, not ayin hara, but ayin ra is bigamatri exactly 400. The ois tov, the ois tov, tachlis kol oisius. It's the end, it's the conclusion of all the oisius. Vechein ayin hara, mechala hakoil. And ayin hara has that koyach of tachlis. 
Snezer Rabbeinu Bechayah Alpi Kabbalah, that once Avram Avinu had an ois hay that was added to his name, and Sarah also, from Sarah to Sarah, she also had an ois hay, and it's Yodu, it says Rabbeinu Bechayah, that the ois hay is the ois of Midas Hadin, so he invited Midas Hadin into his life, Lokach Sholta Ba'ayin Hara, Shehu Mikoyach Hadin, and how is it manifest the Ayin Hara? That is, Enoch, his descendants, had to go into Golos, and how long did they go into Golos for? Says Rabbeinu Bechayah, 400 years, Kemisper Ayin Hara, like the number 400. He continues. I'm skipping. He says, It's a precious rabbi, Nun Chazain, that says the Ephraim, the Soicher, who handled with Abraham Avinu, with the Mara Samach Bela. So Ephraim Chazal say had an Ayin Hara. Ephraim says, If you do the math, the word Ephraim is Begematria Ayin Ra. Ephraim is mentioned in the Torah Chasa without the Vav, and it's exactly 400. It's the number Ayin Ra. That's why, what was the number that Ephraim threw out, Tachlis, when it came to finally negotiating with Avram Avinu? It was 400. Arba Meir Shekel Kesef Beni Uben Chamahi. The Chaintim says, you see further, but Esav. Esav was also Midas Adin. Esav's father was Yitzchak. Yitzchak Avinu, we know, was Midas Adin. Avram was Midas Achesed, and Yitzchak was Vura, was Midas Adin. Esav was Misparnes. He had Parnasa, Mimidasa Yishol Yitzchak. Shehu Midas Adin. And it's for that reason you find that Esav also had an Ayin Hara. It's also a Medjish Rabba. It's a Breshish Rabba, Ayin Vav Ches. The Yaakov Avinu tells his family that when you're going to greet Esav, the Revach Tosimu Bein Eder Uvein Eder. Why? Because he was worried about the Ayin Hara of Esau. So he said, tosimu, You should leave place. Why is he worried about the Ayin Hara of Esau? Because Esau comes from Yitzchok, which is Midas Adin, which is that Koyach of Ayin Hara. The cost of voice says, Rabbeinu Bechayah, what do you find by Esau? He was coming. How many people was he coming with? How many people did he have? What was his military? The Arab and He came with 400 people. He said, why did he come with 400 people? What's the panemius of 400 people? He was coming with an iron rod. That's what he was coming with. So, Avram Avinu was the subject of an iron rod. That's why the Yidin ended up in Mitzrayim. So how long were they in Mitzrayim? For 400 years. Ephraim Chazal say has an iron horror. And it's for that reason, Ephraim is Begimachi 400. And it's Arba Meyo Shekel Kesef. And then you find it again by Esau. Esau is Mispanis from the Midas Adin of Yitzchok, which is that Koyach of Ayin Ra. And being that that's his Koyach, it's his Koyach of Ayin Ra. So it's for that reason, Esau came with how many people? He came with Arba Meir Sesh But Al Kaponim, you see from here that the number 400, this misper of 400, is the misper of Ayin Ra. And in the words of Rabbeinu Mechaya, he says, in Tedaktek Timtso, ki a misper hazen niskar, beroiva mekoimois, eitzel Ayin Hara. So we have the Magadim Chadashim and Brachis Tavchafam and Aleph that says, beroiva mekoimois, the misper Arba Meir, is just a way of mentioning a big number. That's in maybe Teresh of Alpeh. In Teresh of Iksav, for sure, we have a Rabbeinu B'chayah that says that B'roiva M'koymois, Tedak Teik and Timzok, Ya Mispera Azen, Nisgar, B'roiva M'koymois, Eitzelayin Horus. I found the Metziah. The Metziah is in the Ben Yoyada. It's on the latter Gemara that we mentioned, on the Samach Zayin Amadeiz, in Mesech Ksubis, where the Gemara talks about Mar Ukfa, that every Erev Yom Kippur, he used to give 400 Zuzim to this, 
Araman. So he says, why this number? See, he talks al derech Kabbalah, which is way above my pay grade. But then he says at the end, nearly b'sinyata deshmayim, skipping to the last line, that by giving misparta 400, u'bezeh mevatel ra'ayin, with that he was able to be mevatel the ra'ayin, shehu mispartaf, which is the mispar of taf. So you want to know why the number was 400? The number was 400 is because apparently there was an Indian that people, they, when they wanted to be mevatel or ra'ayin, said so they would give 400 zuzum litztaka. And this Indian of giving 400 zuzum litztaka, what was it about? It was about going ahead and it was about being mevatel this Indian. I was thinking, there's a Gemara Mesechtis Bava Basra, Daf Yodalur Amar Aleph. The Gemara says, Omru le Rabbanu le Rav Hamnuna. Rabbanu told Rav Hamnuna, Kosev Rav Ami, Dalid Meya Sifrei Torah. Rav Ami wrote 400 Sifrei Torah. So they said, what? Can't write 400 Sifrei Torah. We've spoken about this Gemara many times in the past. Dilma, maybe Torah Tzivalonu Moshe Kosev. Maybe what he wrote was really Torah Tzivalonu Moshe. But Rav Ami wrote how many Sifrei Torah? He wrote 400 Sifrei Torah. Why do you write 400 Sifrei Torah? So I was thinking because the Gemara says a few lines earlier, the Gemara talks about different Amiram that wrote Sifrei Torah. One of the Amiram was Rav Acha Yaakov. He wrote a beautiful Sefer Torah and the Gemara says, Yavu be Rabbanu Neinayu. The Rabbanu look at this beautiful Sefer Torah that he wrote. He got an eye in horror of Noch Nafsheh. And he died. So Rav Ami was writing Sifrei Torah, and he's worried now about the Ayin Hara. It happened to Rav Achim Yaakov. Noch Nafsheh because of the Sefer Torah that he wrote. Yavu Bayinayu. So what did he do? What he did was he wrote 400 Sifrei Torah. 400 Sifrei Torah is like the Ben Yoyada says, Ubezeh Mevatel Ra Ayin Deklipa. Like this you could be Mevatel because being that it's Misfredalid Meyers, it has a Koyach to be Mevatel Ayin Hara. And because it has a Koyach to be Mevatel Ayin Hara, that's why this is what he did. This Gemara in the Sechtes Gittin where the Gemara talks about the halachas of signing on a star. And the Gemara says that there were different Amiram, that when they would sign their name, whatever it was, they were sitting on a Bezdin, a Hempik, a Kiyam Shtaris, that they wouldn't sign their name, but rather they would have like a picture. There was some insignia, there was something that they would sign that was their way of saying that it's them. The Gemara says, Rav, when the Amir Rav would sign, he would sire Kavra. He would make a picture of a fish. Very mysterious. Why would Rav make a picture of a fish? Could be this is Emes. The Gemara says in the Sechtes Bava Mitziah Daf Kuf Zayin Amid Beis. It says in the pasuk the Heiser Hashem Mimcha Kol Chayli. I'm a Rav. What does it mean? Kol Chayli Zu Ayin. It's referring to an Ayin Hara. Rav let Tamezok. The Gemara. Rav said this Lishri Tosay. The Rav saw the Kavei Kivri. Rav once went to a Beis Akfaris and he went and he Ovad Mado Ovad. He did what he did. Says the Gemara, Omar. Then he said, Pishan v'tisha ba'ayin rov ech b'derecheretz. He said, I see a hundred people buried in this space, like forest. Ninety-nine of them died because of an ayin hara. Only one of them died b'derecheretz. But Akopanim, Rav says the Gemara held that 99 out of 100 people in the Beis Forest died because of Ayin Hara. So Rav Paskin, he said, he touched the Pasuk, And the says, if you look out for it, you'll find there's many Gemaras about Rav that are related to Ayin Hara. The Gemara says in Perichelik that Hanani Mishal Vazaria, after the whole Maisa, they weren't heard from again. And the question is, where did they go? It's a Shaila in the Gemara. Rav said, Mesu Ba'ayin Hara. The Marshal says, Oh, it's Rav Lishitasai. Kuv Zayin Says the Hesar Hashem and Chokol Chayli is Ayin Hara. Ninety nine out of hundred people died for that reason. But Akapana, this is all in the world of Rab. Is the Fizei Yesh Loi Mehaflo Vafela? We know that there's one creature that's Loi Shalta Be'ena. 
What's that creature? It's the fish. Rav was very worried about Ayin Hara. And being that Rav was so worried about Ayin Hara, so Rav, when he would sign his name, how would he sign it? He would sign it like a fish. And the reason like a fish is because the dag is the, is the one creature that I shot to So this is Rav who's worried about Ayin Hara. So this is what he used to do. So what would Rav do? What Rav would do is he would sign his name like a fish. I was thinking... That it could be you could take this even a step further. And that is, it's your dua, Peshem de Vilna Goyen, comes from a Zayr, I think, that Rav was Zaycha to a tremendous Arichas Yomen. If you look in the Seydah Adairis on Rav, so the Seydah Adairis is Arichos on Rav, it's under Aleph, because Rav's name was Abba, Abba Aricho, so it's under Aleph. By Abba Aricho, that's where you have the, the whole Arichos on Rav. So the Sefer Yuchsen says, quote, Rav Herich Yomen, had Arichos Yomen, Achero, Nechtoi, Simi, Pinoi, Chia. Okay. Says the Seydah Adairis, because of Kanfe Yoyna, Chela Gimel Sinah Samach Gimel. Rav, who Rav Abba, Haniska Bezoyer. Rav is the same person as Rav Abba, who's mentioned in the Zoyer, Kiyodua. Chai Arba Meishana. And you want to know how long he lived? He lived 400 years. On the bottom, in the new Seydah Adairis, so there's a little Haggah, and the Haggah says as follows, Mekor Noisef Larichas Yom of Rav, Arba Meishana, Nimtza Be'emek HaMelech, Shar Yud, Perik Tezvav, Daf Nun Vav, Amad Alav Shekosav. Vigam Rav, that Tarizal was already Megala Baruch Kachin, that Rav lived how long? He lived 400 years. Why was Rav Zoycha to live 400 years? It could be the reason is because Rav was Ayin Hara. This is something that he was worried about. And at 400 is Mispar Ayin Hara. So somehow this number 400, which is very much associated and it's very much related to the essence of Rav, it could be this has something to do with Arbi Meishana. You know, it's interesting. There's another Amaira that you find. There's another Amaira that you find that also talked about this Indian of Ayin Hara. It's the Amayur Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yochanan used to sit at the entranceway to the Mikvahs, and all the women, they would walk by, they would see him, he was very handsome, Kiyodua. And the Gemara says, they asked Rabbi Yochanan, you're not worried about an Ayin Hara? So he said, I'm not me Zara de Yosef Kassina. He says, you don't have to worry about it. I'm from Zara de Yosef Kassina, Who's So Rabbi Yochanan came from Zara the Yosef. So there's some shaykhs here with um, Rabbi Yochanan as it relates to also this Indian of Ayin Hara. He says, I'm not worried about Ayin Hara. Rav lived 400 years. There's actually another Nusach. This Nusach is brought down in a Sefer. And uh, Sefer is called Oyel David. But it says as follows. Rav, Chaya Shin Shonen. Rav lived not 400 years, 300 years. For Rabbi Yochanan Tav Shonen. It was Rabbi Yochanan that lived 400 years. Rabbi Yochanan lived 400 years. Because Rabbi Yochanan is Anam Mizar the Yosef Kassino. To Loi Shnot And the room is, Rem is Lodavar is, that he ended up living, he ended up living 400 years. I think this whole Indian, right, it sheds light. It opens up a lot of different Gemaras. Right, we know the Gemara with Rapreda. Rapreda had a Talmud. And the Talmud was very difficult for him to understand and he used to teach it to him again and again and again. At one time, he was mamish super distracted and he taught it to him 400 times. Right? What's the oimik of Rapreda teaching this Talmud 400 times? I think the oimik was, is because we see that in Stalker there was an Indian of giving 400 zuzim. Right? He forced him to give 400 zuzim. This is above our pay grade. But like the Ben Yoyada says, It's mevatl the ra'ayin of the klipa. But there's an Indian of chesed Times 400. That's a real number. You find it in the Gemara. And the Ben Ishchai already spoke about this. Alderich HaKabal. But it's an Indian of giving 400 Susan with Stokka. What Rapreda did with that Talmud was the ultimate Stokka. 
The Gemara says, V'teirah has chesed al l'shoyno. V'chiyesh, teirah shal chesed, v'teirah shal chesed, chesed. Hamalamit teirah, that's teirah shal chesed. So really, that was chesed. And the great example, the spitz example in the entire Shas, of someone that gave himself up 1,000% fayenim when it came to teirah, it's Repreda. Repreda taught his Talmud 400. But what's the number? It's 400. Why 400? Good, you could say pshatim. Right, Rebbe Ruvim Argolis. Maybe it's a mess. Whatever. The bottom line is, 400 is an oymek. It's because chesed is 400. There's an Indian of being mevatel, that clipper. And there was some Indian of going ahead and doing it 400 times. And what was Repreid the Schar? What did Repreid the get? Repreid the God in return. He got in return. He lived 400 years. Like Rav and according to some Yeshayimrim like Rabbi Yechanan. But the bottom line is, there seemed to be some Indian of giving $400 with stalker. 400 or whatever that currency is. Arbimei some misper 400. The Ben Eshchai says that it's not a mikra, it's not a coincidence, because when a person gives misper tov, bezem mevatl rai, ayin de klipa shahu, misper tov. The makar to this Ben Yayada, even though he doesn't quote it, it's the Rabbeinu B'chaya, who says that, omnam im tedaktek timtzak b'kiyam misper hazen, niska b'reva mekoymois, eitzel ayin hara, that you find this number of 400. Maybe that's why you find the number 400 associated with Rav and Rabbi Yechel and Tuam Ayurahim that seem to come up in Shas, certainly Rav and Furusha Gemara with Rabbi Yechel and Brachas with regards to this Indian of Ayin Hara, but Al-Kalpanim, it seemed that there was some Indian, some Indian that when a person gives stalker to be mevatel that koyach of Ayin Ra, maybe that's just the noisif dege knech, the posse that we started with, and that is toiv ayin hu yevayrach, kinasa milach meyodal, that is an Indian of toiv ayin hu yevayrach, that when a person gives stalker, met an ayin toiv, toiv ayin hu yevayrach, kinasa milach meyodal, it's the toiv ayin, it's the toiv ayin that's mevatel the klipa of the of the ayin ra of the ayin ra that the ben yoyada said a person has a, a, a tremendous koyach to be mevatel at the time that he gives stock.